Welcome back for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. We grab our board, swim out in the sea of ideas, and see if we can catch a wave on that sales pipeline curling up over the horizon with Matt Hines, the man who taught me more than anybody else that hope springs eternal particularly for us Michigan football fans who <laughs> I don't I don't know you got anything to really worry about this. I mean, you <laughs> oh gotta, my you goodness, gotta, come on. Oh well, you know, so you got a top 20 team. Yeah. You got a team that's playing except for the first week loss against Notre Dame who looks like they may run the table. Yeah. You've played well since then. You've got a home game, a night game with college game day in tow this weekend uh, against against Wisconsin, which will be a difficult game. It'll be a good test, but it's going to be I don't know, I think But you, guys you are forget right. the Charlie Brown factor just when we think Think that they're going to do it, they pull the football away and fumble. Hey, look! Exactly. I mean, the uh, my my Washington Huskies <laughs> almost lost to the winless UCLA Bruins this last week, and now we have to go into Eugene and play the hated Oregon Ducks. So yeah, it's um, it. hope springs we, eternal. The man who yes, taught it to me here. Right. Well, we are right in the middle of college football season, which means we are right at the beginning of Q4. Thanks very much, everyone, for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. Really excited to have everybody here with us. If you are joining us live on the Funnel Media Radio Network, thanks so much for joining us in the middle of your workday. Uh, appreciate the numbers. It's pretty impressive. Always, Paul, to see that number of people joining us live every day it's crazy uh for those of you joining us on the pipe on the podcast thanks very much for subscribing you can find us on itunes on google play spotify and we're all fine podcasts are sold and every episode of sales pipeline radio past present and future is always available at salespipelineradio.com. Hey, before we get into things today, I do want to give a shout out to our new sponsor. Paul, we have a sponsor of Sales Pipeline Radio. What? You're kidding it's, me. Oh, it's amazing. We've got the, we got a great company came to us. They've been paying attention. They've been listening. They want to be a part of the show, and I love what they're doing. Very excited to have MailTag join us. It's MailTag.io. They are a Crown Bros. Crown browser extension. If you are using Gmail and you are doing sales, you got to check these guys out. Very helpful tool. Highly recommended. You get real-time alerts on your desktop. You find out when your prospects open your emails, click your links. You know when the email gets open, they notify you immediately? They notify you. They give you a sense of what they're looking at. It integrates with CRM. You can do auto replies. Uh, If you are using Gmail and you're a sales rep today, definitely check them out. It's mailtag.io. We'll put it in the show notes as well. And really excited to have them on board as a sponsor of Sales Pipeline Radio. Also, very excited to have joining us today, Tracy Eiler. She is the CMO of Inside View. She's joining us from, I believe, uh, Tracy, you're joining us from the Gartner Sales and Marketing Conference today. Is that right? Yes, I am, Matt. How are you? I'm great. I, I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, very excited. But I wanted to get you on for a while and to talk about a number of things, including your book, Align to Achieve, How to Unite Your Sales and Marketing Teams in a Single Force for Growth. You can find that on Amazon. Uh, Tracy is well-decorated, a top 35 woman in B2B marketing technology. Paul, you will you will appreciate she is a fellow Michigan grad. Go blue. See? That's why I'm laughing. I knew there was a, something. Got, um, yeah. We've got 40-yard line tickets for the game on Saturday, so we're, we're leaving uh, the Gartner Conference, popping home, packing a bag, and then going back to, uh, to the game. What so, time should uh, I meet you there? Where, are we going to meet out in the parking lot there, a little tailgate maybe? We I will be tailgating. We will be um, at the uh, athletic department. My sister-in-law is, runs the um, performance coaching department for the athletes, so she's got a great spot. So we'll be there. We can talk about it later. I'm trying to plan what I'm going to wear. Word has it it's going to be 36 degrees when the sun goes down. So Some, Somebody told that. me it snowed or it has a potential to snow. I can't oh, believe God, that. I hope yeah. not. Yeah. I hope not. It's only October. 
Matt doesn't it. understand yeah, what we're talking you know, about. I got no problem with this. We <laughs> talk about college football. I am totally fine with this. Uh, there is nothing better than a home game with your alma mater, especially the night games. You know, the Huskies have been playing more night games given so the Pac-12 fun. TV schedule. Yeah. And boy, Husky Stadium under the lights. I would, I would, I bet uh, the big house under the lights is going to be pretty awesome. And quite rocking this awesome. weekend with a with a uh, a uh, a, um, a uh, big matchup with Wisconsin. But uh, Tracy, really. I've wanted to get you on for a while, and I think the impetus to try to get you on, you know, now was really related to the presentation you gave at Dreamforce a couple weeks ago, and the work you've been doing to really sort of upgrade and migrate the marketing technology stack you have, in particular moving from Marketo to Pardot. And I don't want to make this about Marketo versus Pardot, but I think knowing that you guys went through that, I know for a lot of companies, like they, they shudder just thinking about you know, making such massive changes in uh, their marketing technology stack, particularly the tools that sort of provide some of the foundational elements. So, you know, we are going to share your slides and your presentation on the blog and in the notes of this as well. And I know this is a audio podcast, so we don't have those visuals today, but wanted to have you highlight some of the objectives and rationale that you used to, to make that kind of a switch internally. Yeah, and you are right, Matt, that, you know, changing out marketing automation or CRM, for that matter, is rather terrifying, honestly. And it makes me think a little bit, too, I'm a big Bugs Bunny fan growing up, and you might remember the Roadrunner um, cartoons where, you know, the track is being laid on the train, you know, ahead of the train, right? And, uh, And they're jamming along and jamming along, and it's that sort of idea that, you know, you don't get to take a pause for eight weeks or a quarter um, and call to all of your sales and marketing while you're switching out the system that's actually running the show. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people are really fearful of it. I did do a session at Dreamforce. There were several hundred people in it, and every one of them was, you know, when you asked for the raise of hands, like, are you considering switching to something? You know, the answer, yes, but every one of them was just not sure about how to even start thinking about it. So that was what my presentation was about. It was called Five Steps to a Seamless Marketing Automation or Part Out Migration in this case. And I'm happy to talk about kind of what our situation was and and why we started thinking about switching and then how we went about deciding. Um, Because I think that's a, you know, having a good software selection process is really, really important. Um, And not everybody has a lot of experience with it, right? We have experience buying smaller things that we might be wanting to add to our stack, but but buying something that's really monumental and, you know, usually often a six-figure investment is pretty daunting. Well, six-figure investment just for the software, let alone all the work that's going to go to make the migration and all the, you know, the the management and content work that's going to go into it as well. And yeah, you're right. I'd love to step back and, you know, knowing that technology is not your strategy, it is the implementer of your strategy, would love to get a little insight into your thought process and what the strategy was that caused you to sort of rethink whether you had the right tools. Um, So curious to hear sort of, you know, behind the curtain a little what was going on. Yeah, so behind the curtain, there was really kind of two things that were going on. My campaign team, or rather demand gen team, had some changing requirements. We um, we are supporting both a kind of um, traditional inbound volume uh, marketing campaign strategy for our small business sales team. Deal sizes of 25K and 45-day long cycles usually coming inbound through a variety of techniques that are you know common to most listeners. Um, but in addition to that, we had embarked on an ABM strategy, account-based strategy for our enterprise sellers, where it's a nine-month, six-figure deal with a very large buying group. And we have a lot of learnings about our particular buying groups. Like we figured out that on average, 34 people were interacting with our content before a six-figure deal was signed. So we were really kind of stretching the boundaries of what we had been able to do. And we were two years into ABM 
um, at the start of this year. So we had quite a fair amount of experience and we're running up into just different limitations on what we were able to do. So the campaign team was saying, you know, hey, we need to be able to create campaigns faster. We need to be less dependent on marketing ops because we were finding that on the other side of the house, you know, there's a small marketing ops team that's, you know, doing a lot of the back end work. And we were finding that with what we had in place, our campaign guys could come up with a really great strategy and good idea and, you know, good content and they could map out the workflow. But when it came time to actually programming it in the tool, they had to have their work checked, right? Which was a big mm-hmm. pain for them. It slowed them down and it and it, it honestly is below the pay grade of our marketing ops team. So we were finding ourselves kind of in this weird conundrum where we needed more <laughs> independence for the campaign team. Um, and we wanted to free up our marketing ops folks to be able to do more sophisticated stuff around, you know, data strategy and cleanup and around using intent information and a variety of other things. So on the campaign side, it was really about self-sufficiency, faster campaign creation, um, more personalization in our ABM orchestration. So those things were the frustrations on the, for the demand gen side. On the ops side, um, you know, they were obviously tired of being um, kind of uh, loaded up on with, hey, can you check my work for this basic four-step four nurture? Um, but, you know, the lists were complicated and so on. So they were getting bogged down with that. But they were really also starting to get bogged down with other things, managing the assets and, and things like that. So, you know, we were starting to think, okay, maybe maybe we should look around, maybe we should make a change. But I was just super hesitant, just, you know, the unknown of it all. And we had a 10-year-old instance of our current marketing automation tool. And so, you know, it's a little bit like, okay, the devil you know is better than the one you don't. Um, But we had a really terrific Salesforce account executive who um, just did, you know, what we want all of our account executives to do, made himself super useful. I I jokingly called him the new boyfriend, the attentive new boyfriend, (laughs) because I felt like I was married to, you know, my existing marketing automation situation. Um, But then in comes the attentive new boyfriend, and not only was he super helpful, but you know, my, my kids, my quote unquote kids, my team actually liked him better than my husband. <laughs> and, oh, uh, and so they started saying, Hey, you know, let's really take a look at this. And, you know, we really kind of went through three levels of checking, you know, to see if this would work. First was our ops guys needed to be happy. So they really dug in and looked underneath the covers to make sure that everything really was as integrated, um, you know, as Salesforce told us it would be. And, you know, I, I had a little bit of a, I had a lot of skepticism about some of the messaging that was coming out of Salesforce at the time, you know, um, things like, you know, we're natively integrated and it's so much better than everybody else's integration. To me, that was sort of a joke. Like, of course, marketing automation is integrated, you know, HubSpot's integrated, Marketo's integrated, they're all integrated. I didn't really understand what that meant. And Salesforce has invested quite a lot in the Pardot platform. You know, it's all one now, all the objects are shared, you know, you don't have any of that two way sync issue that you have with some of the other tools and stuff. So our marketing ops guys, you know, put it through, um, put it through the ringer, really liked what they saw. And then it was the campaign team's turn to say, okay, of the campaigns that we're typically trying to do, is it going to be easier? Or is it going to be quicker, faster? Or are we going to be less reliant? And, and they just honestly fell in love with it. Um, there's one report, there's a picture of it in my slide deck from Dreamforce that is just like the money shot picture where we did our first campaign it was just a basic product launch webinar. It wasn't anything fancy. And, you know, in one view of what they call their engagement studio, you can see all the, all the kind of graphic steps of what your flow is going to be for your campaign, but conversion rates all along the way. And another tool mm-hmm. that we've experienced with, you had to go hunt that down in like four different screens, right? So all in one, really, really easy to use. So 
So that team was super happy. And then the third part was really me, which was, okay, guys, I'm frustrated because I don't have the insights I need and how our campaigns are performing, but also just how is our engagement with our account? Mm -hmm. Account engagement was just something we were really struggling with being able to see. So we spent a lot of time looking at kind of what reporting was possible. And um, the B2B analytics tool from Salesforce very powerful there. Awesome. We're talking to Tracy Eiler today. She's the CMO of Inside View and is in the midst of making a transition on the marketing automation platform side. And independent of you know who your favorites are or where you go with, I think just the process of going through that is just really interesting to me. I want to talk. We're going to have to take a break here just in a couple minutes, but I want to I want to get a sense from you. How do you manage the people side of that internally? Because even if you sort of make intel, you sort of um, logically say we need to make a change for the better. You've got people that are used to one system that know what their job is coming in in the morning. Um, not only is there pain in making the transition, but there's yeah. pain in the transition. How do you how do you help manage people through you know the 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 change management and then keeping morale high throughout that process as well? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, the for me, it was very very important that um, you know consensus building is critical, and so pulling together as many people as possible early on, even the super junior ones that you know maybe not even get their fingers on the marketing automation product, but but they're actually you know working on campaigns or other things, just to educate them and and collect requirements and you know really weigh whether you know we even wanted to embark on a future or not. Um, and that in included things like, you know, when the Salesforce team came in to present to us, it was a huge room. You know, I, I told the Salesforce guys, mm -hmm. look, my perception of your product is that it's checkbox so that you could say you had marketing automation. I don't really think it's a robust product. That was the reputation I thought that that product had. Mm -hmm. But if you if you want to bring my team lunch, you know, we'll meet with you for an hour. And I, just, I brought 20 people in the room. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted them to be educated, right? And yeah. some of that is too, when you're early in your career, you've never been involved in a meeting like that before. So I really, right. it really started with um, a broad exposure and then we started kind of narrowing it down into work stream and kind of looking around the table um, saying, you know, okay, do you agree we should move forward? Yes. Okay, do you guys agree we should move forward? Yes, and so on. Um, that was very, very important. And uh, we can talk more about, you know, kind of other check-ins that we did, but that, you know, I think um, the, the broad exposure is very important. Yeah, I want to come back and talk a little more about that because I think, you know, any kind of transition, any kind of migration, any kind of, um, you know, improvements in marketing today, given the complexity of the buying journey, re it requires thinking through the cultural changes those represent as well. we got to take a quick break. we got to pay some bills. We'll be right back with more with Tracy Eiler on Sales Pipeline Radio. <laughs> Hey, are you like me? Are you tired of sending emails and wondering if they were ever even opened? If so, do what I did. Get MailTag. MailTag is a Chrome browser extension for your Gmail that allows you to track your emails in real time. You receive alerts right on your desktop as soon as your emails are opened and read. And as a special thank you for being a listener of this podcast, people at MailTag have teamed up with the folk, good folks here at Heinz Marketing to provide you guys with a special discount on your mail tag subscription. That's right. Just use the promo code Heinz, H-E-I-N-Z, just like the ketchup or just like the show you've come to know. Heinz, put that in there and you get 50% off for life. 50% off for life. While you're thinking about that, be sure to check out MailTag.io mail to start you completely free 14-day trial. Try and then buy and get 50% off. You put that code in there, Heinz. 
That's really no credit card required to check it out. No reason you shouldn't do what I did and check it out today. Go to Mailtag.io and start your free trial. And if you like it, pick up a 50% discount. Just put in that code HEINZ. All that more as we pick it back up with one more thing right here. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, Marketing. Well, a lot of stuff to take in, but most of it's free. That's the thing you got to wrap your head around here. I just crazy. Who are the crazy people giving away free stuff? Free. I must be crazy here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the free uh, sales pipeline radio. If you like what you're hearing today, if you're if you're also in an organization thinking about making a change with some of your marketing technology, or even sort of looking to make sure you're doing those migrations well, definitely encourage you to check out uh, this entire episode. Feel free to share it with your team. It'll be available up on salespipelineradio.com on demand here in a couple of days. Coming up next couple of weeks, we got some great guests. Next week on Sales Pipeline Radio, Laura Vogel. If you are in B two B and have been to any events. Uh, in the last few years, you've probably been impacted by Laura Vogel's work. She's one of the best event marketers, event producers in the B2B industry. We're going to be talking about what's working and what's not and best practices for event marketing. And then coming up, we got Jeb Blount, who's the author of several books on sales strategy, including the most recent book, Objections. And then the king of sales himself, Jeffrey Gittimer, is going to join us in the beginning of November. But today, more time with Tracy Eiler. She is the CMO at Insight Squared. She's the author of her own book, Aligned to Achieve. Highly encourage you checking that out on Amazon. And Tracy, we've been talking about requirements that go into why you make a marketing automation transition. You talked about, you know, gathering requirements and thinking through strategy and needs from demand gen and from marketing ops. Curious, how is the sales team involved in that process, if at all? Like, what is what is the sales team's input been either passively or actively in helping to make uh, technology decisions? Yeah, that's a good question. Our sales team was not super involved. Um, they certainly were aware, you know, my sales peers certainly were aware of what we were doing because we needed folks to understand that, you know, there was a risky time for marketing and that we needed to be project management, you know, project managing only the most important things during that migration. Our sales ops guy, however, was very involved. So sales ops, marketing ops work hand in hand. And my colleague Franklin, uh, who I'm talking about, was very, very involved. So he really led the negotiation with me as the executive sponsor. Um, and of course, one of the things you have to think about when you're doing this kind of migration is, 
you know, the CRM vendors and the marketing automation vendors have gotten very smart on how to extract more money from all of us, right? So, you know, they're pricing <laughs> yeah. by record size as an example. So you have this big bloated database, you're going to spend more. So clean up your data, it goes down. But when your renewal's up, they all have this 7% uplift in price year to year. I call it the VIG, which is not how they refer to it, but that's how I think about it. And, you know, we were looking at our renewal contracts at the same time for CRM and marketing automation. So our timing is really good. And, you know, both vendors were coming back to us with a 7% uplift, right? So 14% more money on top of what we're already spending for no new functionality, right? Just the same thing. So, you know, you can use that to your advantage, obviously, because, you know, in Salesforce's case, if we were going to consolidate our spending over there, we didn't have to pay that VIG. And, uh, and then there was some other negotiation that we were able to do that, that um, you know, that, that was good, a good deal for the comp for us, you know, for inside you. Um, and, uh, and I would also say that, you know, we did a good job of really structuring a contract and, um, and, you know, did a three year deal, for example, and, um, and that helped block in terms and so on. But that's something that I think that is a big blocker. I've been doing some um, networking and uh, calls for, um, Salesforce with other CMOs and in fact helped them run their first CMO capital at Dreamforce and everybody around the table was like, you know, there was, there was probably a third, uh, uh, non, uh, marketing automation customers in the room. So there was about 30 people, 20 of them were product customers and the rest were not. Mm -hmm. And they were thinking about switching, but they were all very like terrified, like, okay, well, what am I supposed to plan this? Right. And let's just say you have an annual contract and it's up in two months you know, you're, it's too late. Right? Like, yeah, you yeah. can't decide, you know, can't decide two months in advance. So um, part of what I tried to do in my presentation that you guys will post is really talk about what kind of timeline you need and think and work back from that um, renewal, you know, at least six months so that you have enough time to fully vet the alternative if you're going to switch and then build a good plan. And in our case, we had an eight-week migration. We thought it would take 12, so that's what we had planned for, but certain parts of it went faster than we expected, and so we were able to um, cut over more quickly, which worked out great for us. Um, but, you know, we had a good partner involved. We had the right people on our team involved, to your point about people. You know, we had very strict rules, and, uh, and you know, we were able to, you know, even launch a product in the middle of all this migration. So, um I was pretty happy with how it worked, but the planning part is, is really, really important. Otherwise, you're going to miss the window. Yep, got it. Got a few more minutes here with Tracy Eiler, and I'm curious, you know, you're um, kind of in a unique position because you uh, are marketing a product in the marketing technology stack for many companies as well. So having gone through this process yourself, migrating from one tool to another and having experienced what you sort of said was a, a good, you had a good experience with your sales rep and the process overall, how has that experience and the, and the methodology you use, how has that changed the way you approach the buying process you're managing, both from either from a marketing and or from the sales standpoint? Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I, I learned a lot by observation, and I, um, and I felt like Salesforce did a very good job um, at proactively handling objections, but also doing things like we all know we're supposed to do, when we're, especially when we're approaching a buying group. They really armed me, Franklin, other people on my team with kind of champion information, right, competitive information, um, good checklists on, on things we should be thinking about, um, you know, uh, deep technical specs that we could run by our sales ops team and, and even deeper into the org if we needed to. And that just made it easier for us, right, to, to make the decision. 
so then in turn, I look back in our own processes, right, and kind of say, all right, are we doing those things for our buyers? Are we making it easier for them? And one of the big things at the, at the Gartner conference I'm at is buyer enablement is kind of what they're calling it. And, you know, buyers buy the way they want to buy. And we, we come up with, us marketers come up with a buyer journey, but that's how we want to sell. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, they really turned it around and said, think about how your buyers are going to buy. And especially in a complex sale, there's a lot of consensus building. There's a lot of people and it's not a linear process. So you really have to arm your buyer with as much information as you can. And, and, and sales and marketing is a continuous loop. It's not like marketing delivers you know, the, the qualified lead and then leave the process, right? There's all sorts of things on our website and other things that we need to do more transparently in the buying cycle. So I think this, you know, this software purchase for me, but also this conference has been, you know, uh, given me a lot of good things to think about. Love it. Just a couple more minutes. Probably last question here for Tracy Eiler. I appreciate you mentioned being at the Gartner Conference. I really appreciate you stepping out for a couple minutes and grabbing some time with us here. And uh, like I said, we've she's uh, got a whole presentation on all the strategy, all the uh, process, all the best practices around her marketing automation transition that we will post on our site and in the call notes. Tracy, I'm curious as you look at 2019, you now made a big platform migration. What are some of the other tools and capabilities that you think are going to be critical for Inside View or that you think are critical for B2B C? CMOs and marketing groups overall? Yeah, we're really looking at it intent, um, at intent signals, um, you know, from accounts and, uh, and doubling down on that um, as a way to help us both prioritize um, new logo accounts, but also penetrate our existing customers more broadly. We have a big customer base and, you know, many departments and many other geos that we can sell to. So that, I think, would be the main thing. And then the other one is we moved the SDR, Sales Development Organization, into marketing a year ago, and our team has really grown quite a lot. Um, in fact, I'd love to give a quick plug to SV Academy, Silicon Valley Academy, which is a new organization, about a year old, that is churning out SDR-ready people. Um, that go through 300 hours of training on systems, but also on SDR job skills. And we just hired three SDRs to join our team, so we're up to 10 now. And these folks are fantastic. They're hitting the ground running. And I, I'm really looking at the technologies that are going to help them. Um, for example, we, we brought in the outreach tool for our SDRs um, to help with their orchestration and, and work and going after accounts. We're currently spreading that deployment into our customer success organization and our account managers so that we can really have an integrated view of every touch point to a customer um, and that they have more visibility too, right? So they know who's yep. interacting with our content and so on. So really those two things um, are a big focus. Love it. Well, Tracy, we're going to let you go. Thanks again so much for grabbing some time with us today. Really excited about uh, the detail you're able to share. And we will, of course, share a lot more of that detail from your presentation at Dreamforce on our note call notes. This uh, presentation will be available on HeinzMarketing.com here in a couple of days. It'll be up on SalesPipelineRadio.com on demand. You'll be able to check that out. And uh, definitely check out Tracy's book as well, Align to Achieve, if you're working on sales and marketing alignment. Just a great book that she wrote uh, a couple years ago and still highly relevant today for a lot of organizations. We are out of time. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be here next week, every week at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern for another episode. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us again on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio right here on the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.